Steelers are going to get back to the run. They're going to get back to blowing people off the football. They're going to get back to physical football. And maybe not, just maybe not. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of the other two teams that I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates. There's a lot of different rhetoric that gets thrown around that somehow ends up meaning the same thing. But you arrive at it from different directions. When Art Rooney made the headlines that he did in January for calling out the running game, for saying we can't finish last and expect to succeed, people knew that heads were going to roll. And they did. Randy Feitner was fired. Sean Surratt, the offensive line coach, was fired. James Conner, if you really get right down to it, was fired. And some offensive linemen were lost along the way. Matt Filer and Alejandro Villanueva, the entire left side of the line, signed elsewhere. Marquise Pouncey retired. So the changes that will happen here, and I'm not even mentioning Najee Harris, are significant. But the more and more you piece together what the Steelers themselves say about the running game and about additional personnel, the more it sounds like they won't actually just be lining up and trying to barrel through people. Because the more they speak, the more it's suggested that they're going to be adopting this wide zone blocking technique that's being used around the NFL. More commonly, I shouldn't say that it's prevalent. It isn't. But the teams that do run the ball well, notably Cleveland, as long as we're looking for an example, the Browns, everyone knows they have... Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there, but what's not as known or as recognized is how those guys get the big holes that they do, and they do. It's not like the Browns' offensive line is all that spectacular, but there are good-sized holes on a regular basis for both Chubb and Hunt. And the reason for that, primarily is that the Browns put in the wide zone blocking techniques and schemes into their line. And what that means is that offensive linemen are basically asked to block areas more than they are the other guy. It's not about beating man-on-man person across from you as much as it is making sure that you take care of an area. You move to an area as quickly as possible, and you defend that area. So what ends up happening is the offensive linemen, plural, are tasked more with getting to a space as quickly as possible and owning that space rather than, it's me against him, and I'm going to knock him backward 10 feet. This 
scheme actually goes back to like post World War II football. This isn't something that's that's new, but it it came back into play in the nineties. Mike Shanahan was really the one that was credited with the resuscitation of it in Denver. But others are doing it. Baltimore does it. The Steelers absolutely did not. The Steelers were working, for better or worse, with an offensive line that was older and much more set in its ways than what they'll have, obviously, this coming year with a lot of newbies there. So you can either look at that as a shortcoming, and I'm sure there are facets in which it will be, or you can look at it and say, hey, if we still had the same five guys from last year, we'd never be able to pull this off. Never be able to pull this off. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, need assistance with workers' comp, have filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's reserved for the top 5% of attorneys in Pennsylvania. Rare stuff. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888 888- 842-5454. So if you l- look at the composition of the line and look at some of the decisions that have been made and the youth that's going to be involved now, from left to right, you're going to have Chooksakor for now on the left side. Kevin Dotson right next to him, both younger players. Dotson's a second-year guy, a first-time starter. They haven't announced that, but he's going to be. The center, we'll see how it plays out. Kendrick Green, if it isn't Green, it's going to be B.J. Finney. But Green is the guy, and Green is seen as being the type who can fit with this scheme. Again, another hint that was dropped by the new line coach, Adrian Clem, whenever he was discussing the drafting of Green. He's got the athleticism to play in that kind of scheme. That matters. The right guard, of course, is the one mainstay. That's David DeCastro. And DeCastro was not blowing people off the ball in 2020. It did not look good for him over there. But does he still have the athleticism to move? That would be a heck yeah. If he requires some you know, level of adjustment to what he's doing, we're talking about a really, really, really smart dude here. And maybe because of the lack of success that he had blowing people backward, he'll embrace this. And then you have Zach Banner on the right side, and that's going to be more of a power situation because it's always more of a power situation, right tackle is. Uh, That's not to say that he wouldn't be involved in some of the zone-blocking aspects, but that's where you send your running back, you know? And I could also throw in Pat Fryermuth if he gets onto the field ahead of Eric Ebron, which I hope for a whole bunch of reasons he does. You'll have someone else there. And you've also got a couple of, you know, good blocking wide receivers uh, in the mix, not least of whom is Juju. Actually a really good blocker. I mean, he's not Heinz Ward, but he's a good blocker. And he obviously can move being a wide receiver. So there's a lot of different 
looks here and a lot of different options. But to understand fully how committed the Steelers have been to this, it's not just about looking at what's on the line, it's about listening to what they say. Kevin Colbert, to me, started this back in January, and if you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that that raised antennas with me even back then when he said that the Steelers were going to be looking for players who fit the Matt Canada mold. And the reason that that caught my attention at the time was, A, I don't remember him ever saying that about any OC they've employed. I don't remember them saying, we need to look for a Randy Feetner type of player. What's that even mean? A Todd Haley type of player. Never came up. Never once came up. I don't even remember Bruce Arians is as respected as he was here. I don't remember anybody saying we need to get Bruce his kind of players. But Kevin did say that about Matt Canada. And then from there, if you take further into consideration that the only players on that side of the ball that they would have been quote-unquote looking for would have been offensive linemen and a tight end. Running back is running back. I'm leaving that out of the equation. But they had their wide receivers. They obviously have their quarterback. Who else could he possibly have been talking about? No, they have not publicly acknowledged this. They have nothing to gain from doing that in March, April, or May. Soon enough... They're going to be out on football fields, and people like me are going to be able to see it and report it. They have nothing to gain from saying, hey, guys, we're, we're switching to a wide zone blocking scheme this year. No one's going to, no, no football team would do that. But they've undeniably made it clear that this is what they're doing. And that, in and of itself, is going to be such a fun thing. To observe, this summer, even before uh, we get to the fall, I'll leave you with this. This was a quote from Clem whenever Green was drafted last week. Clem said, we want to improve our running game, and we want to get guys on our team who can thrive in what we're going to do schematically. That's where their heads are. They're committed to this. You're not adding people to the roster so that you can employ something part of the time or one quarter of the time or or anything like that. You're going to see the Steelers' offense look completely different when they run the football. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question and today's comes from coach defense who says day on offense is run through the quarterback coaches make the game plans the play calls must be executed by the quarterback will ben and canada be a happy combo well that 
sounds first and foremost, coach, like a personality question. And all I know is that what limited access we had last year to the team, and remember that th- throughout 2020 it, was, it wasn't much for reporters. It wasn't like a normal year. But for what we had, my own observations of Ben and Matt Canada were that they appeared to get along just great. Now, Ben and Randy go back forever. Uh, ben basically got Randy the job. So comparing how Ben got along with Randy to how he got along with Matt Canada really wouldn't be all that fair. But I saw the two of them communicating quite a bit. And remember that there's an odd dynamic there because uh, Canada in in the 2020 sense was the quarterback's coach. So what they would be talking about would be quarterback things. They would not be necessarily schematic things. They wouldn't be, hey, let's try this or let's try that. It would be more, uh, I'll, you know, I'm advising you on this and this option or this and this thing that you can utilize. So it's not the same. And we have seen Ben over the years, of course, get prickly with his OCs, notably with, with Haley. I mean, that was that was at another level. Ben just flat out didn't like a lot of what Haley called. And I don't really get the sense that there was a ton of love there either. Certainly not from quarterback to coordinator. So we just don't know. That That's the answer to your question. We don't know until... They get out there, and until you start hearing Ben say things in Latrobe or even sooner that says, wow, I'm really excited about this offense. I've looked at this, and it's and, and he'll bring it up on his own. Like, we don't even have to ask about it. And that's when you can really tell. Like, you can ask Ben, like, what did you think of the weather today? And if he starts coming back by praising the offensive schemes, you'll know you're onto something because he will do that. He'll enter a media session with something that he wants to say regardless of what it is that we ask. And when he's all in and ready to praise something, he will find a way. But we don't know that yet. We haven't heard from Ben since the change was made. It's exciting, though. I'm not going to lie. I just, you know what I think about the most here? It's not so much about broken down facets. To me, I like the idea of the Steelers offense feeling quicker, not feeling as static. When you have a quarterback at age 39 who came up and grew up in the NFL, founded on his mobility, and he's had to adjust, and he's become, of course, a whole lot less mobile, the offense can feel slow. But having a lot of moving parts, a lot of misdirection, a lot of trickery, uh, not gimmickry, but trickery, there's a difference. You want to keep the other team off balance. I'm not talking about multiple flea flickers. And then from there, having the offensive linemen embrace this wide zone blocking scheme and having the running back move the ball and having Ben believe in a rhythm that's developed by the running game. 
and getting back to what he did in the Jerome Bettis days when he would feed off of that rhythm. He would use that as a weapon to set himself up for the big play. That's that's what I'm talking about here. Get back to being faster and quicker. It doesn't all, to go back to something you said at the beginning of your question, it doesn't all have to run through the quarterback. I appreciate the question, Coach. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's The Point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.